What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John LaRock and I here tonight talking uh, about AEW. We're going to talk some wrestler of the year and match of the year. And it's the last show of the <laughs> year. 2022 is here and gone. I was just going to say, it's the last time we're we'll talking about AEW Dynamite for 2022. <laughs> well, you ruined my, my joke. <laughs> we're the hosts, you know. Well, what do you think about the whole idea of uh, them doing like new graphics and new like stuff for next year? You got to do that. You have yeah. to do that. It's like it's like our favorite sitcoms. Every once in a while, unless it's a classic like Cheers or Seinfeld or something like that, every once in a while you got to throw a little, you know, a new little graphic up, a little introduction, right? So mm-hmm. I, I dig it. I dig it. Um, yeah, I think after three years, this is perfect time. Maybe it could have been this year they could have done something like that, but. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the new look. Hope it's, I hope it's really gonna pop. I, you know, would they have the the video package with the graphics, the the mm-hmm. red and the white laserish graphics? So yeah, maybe that's a little teaser for what it's gonna look like. But yeah, I, I'm for it too. I think you you can always refresh things. You know, they they've been doing this show now since what 2019. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's time to to do something fresh, and I would. I wouldn't mind seeing something different with the, you know, the big screen and how the sets are. Like they could, you know, they could do a lot of stuff. Uh, the, the, the one thing that I that I was thinking when it comes to the show is, you know, how they have like the two the two entrances. Mm-hmm. Do you think that matters in twenty twenty three? No, like the geekiest of the geeks are like, <laughs> oh man, can we just have one entrance? <laughs> he came out of the heel locker. Uh, entrance way you know <laughs> but brian dancing is the top eight phase he comes out the heel entrance way <laughs> i don't know why he does that maybe just to just to mess with people but I, I think it was like kind of cute when they originally did it because it's like oh mm-hmm. like there's something different but now i don't think it matters like I, they, they don't utilize it in any yeah. way to to make it stand out so you might as yeah. well just just change it right yeah i'm sure the, I, I'm, I'm guessing that might be one of the things they change We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, okay, so before we get into it, I wanted to just mention again, uh, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and not through the F4W website, we're, we're looking for some ratings, man. You know, now we're trying to grow this show a little bit outside of the website because now all now we have a free feed. Uh, five stars, if you can throw, throw us a, you know, throw us a little bit of love uh, on there. Now... I was thinking about this the other day because as we, you know, as, as we do, like we've been on this network for, gosh, what was it like? A, it's been like a year and a half, right? Has this show been on the network maybe even more than a year and a half? Uh, yeah. Yeah. A little, little bit more than a year and a half for sure. And and so, you're tr- you know, we're trying to build this thing and, you know, we do have a few ratings up there. But uh, the more ratings will help us kind of grow in that Apple and Spotify ecosystem. So if you if you have the the time to just do that, it's it's you know it's so quick. And if you want to write a little review, you don't even have to write you know more than a sentence or two, and and they accept that. So if you if you do that, we would be very grateful. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of cool to have a free feed as well as the website feed. Um, you know, the, it just means that we can kind of push this and see how many different listeners that we can find. And look, it's been it's been so fun for me to do this show on this network. 
I've been, you know, we, we talk about how long we've been a subscriber to the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Like I go back mm-hmm. to like 99. You, I think you even go back a little bit before that. Yeah, 98, yeah. But this website, like when Brian started this website in 2005, I was a member, I think in month two. There's only a few people still around who predate me. A junior horseman, Justin Payne, he may predate me, but there's not that many folks who have been around longer than I have. So to actually have a podcast on this website, when the whole idea of this website was Brian doing a newsletter and doing a figure four daily, mm-hmm. like, you know, mm, yeah. you know, he's trying to get guests and, you know, we get to hear about Buddy Wayne and now we could see his son, Nick Wayne mm-hmm. Russell, like it's kind of cool. So I'm I'm an OG. I'm like, I've been here forever. So I'm with the community piece of this. So uh, I, I just love the fact that we do a show on this website. I don't, I don't take that for granted for sure. It's a, it's, it's a really cool deal. Um, oh, I also want to let listeners know that when they're going to give us our five-star review, remember this help you out here. We actually record at the Tokyo dome in Japan. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's a guarantee five star review. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Uh, we're going to be watching that show this time, I, I, uh, no, almost this time next uh, week. You got my segue. Yeah, so yeah, I know. I was talking to our, our good friend, Heartbreak Kid Dave, whose birthday is coming up on Friday, by the way. Oh, shoot. And we're looking to party on the Cherry Fourth as we watch the, um, the Tokyo Dome show. So Now, the thing about that, do we go coffee or do we go like whiskey? Because I feel like if uh, we drink a little bit, we may fall asleep. I'm going venti, super shot. <laughs> I don't know. The strongest they 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 got. I'm have to go to that 7-Eleven down the road. Oh yeah, give me this for to, sure, 100. percent Yeah, but uh, I feel like Rubio. Like I feel like he could totally drink and stay up. Like he has Rubio could easily stay up all night, and he's 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 already gave me his. Uh, his okay, yeah. He's always he's he's beginning to keep me up with conversation. I think we're gonna talk some '90s lucha libre, <laughs> which I've been watching lately. If you can believe that. Wow. Yeah, it's been yeah. You know, that's, I haven't seen stuff in a long time. It's really good. It's really good stuff. All right. So a couple of other mentions before we get into our show uh, tomorrow. So we record this Wednesday night. So you may even hear this Thursday. Uh, Thursday at 9 p.m. Pacific. I'm recording a version of this show without John. I'm not making him work twice for one paycheck. Um, I'm, I'm bringing on some friends. Uh, Ryan Drosty from Top Rope Nation. Ben Cruz, who's a podcast manager for The Ringer and has been on the uh, a couple of The Ringer wrestling shows before. And uh, Jeremy Lose, who was his old podcast partner when they were doing uh, their show, The Two Jabroni Show. They're going to join me, and we're going to just kind of... Uh, review the year we're going to do give our give out our awards we're going to do some predictions for 2023 and the hook for the show is we're all going to be drinking some Terramana while we're doing the show so if you it's going to be late it's 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 kind of like a fight game podcast after dark john and i have done a a a show or two like that where you know you just have a drink and you chill and you kick back i i i'm i'm a responsible person so the show will not get out of hand but <laughs> Uh, so we're going to do that. And so we'll have two fight game podcasts this week. It will be live stream on the F4W online YouTube channel, 
9 p.m. Pacific, 12 Eastern. It's a little late, I know, unfortunate, though this audience is kind of used to it because Dave and Brian have been recording in uh, their their um, mm-hmm. Monday and Wednesday and Saturday night shows, sometimes Sunday night as well. Uh, they they don't record till like 10 p.m. Pacific, so that, there might be some people up. And if you want to come hang out with us, throw out your favorite, you know, throw out your wrestler of the year and your match of the year and your predictions. You can throw out your predictions with us, and uh, it'll be interactive. We'll throw quotes up. We'll talk about you know folks who are in the live chat. So it'll be a fun time, and then we'll put the audio version up the next morning. And one more thing, this is this is a little bit of like a. You know, I don't like to promote too much, but because this weekend you and I are going to get back together again, because we have our Patreon, Fight Game Media Network Plus Patreon, and John and I are pivoting from uh, doing WWF 97 and 98 reviews, and we are moving on to WCW 96. We're doing it a little bit differently, but the first show, we're actually going to record it this weekend. And we're going to go over the very first Nitro. We're going to do the origin story of Nitro, which is September of 95. We'll review the show. And then we'll kind of lead up to how we're going to do our Patreon podcast in 2023, talking about WCW 96, which is a crazy year for WCW. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's not going to be a a weekly review like we did with the WWF stuff. We're going to try to change it up a little bit where we do maybe a show or two a month and and you know the shows are probably going to be a little bit longer may we may have to do a part 1 and a part 2 to get everything in but we're trying to tell the whole story of WCW 1996 so you can check that out on the Patreon at uh, patreon.com/fightgamemedia if you want to come hang out with us for the year I'm going to try and uh, do my best to see if we can get some people to to be watching uh, as we're watching, so we'll do some updates and we'll do some preview posts and just let everyone know kind of, you know, what what the rhythm is that we're watching stuff. So, all right, let's talk about. So to kind of preview tomorrow's show, I I don't want to give out my stuff because I want to save that for tomorrow. But I did want to ask you, wrestler of the year, mm. and it seems like there are three top candidates. Uh, one being Roman Reigns, though his detractors say that he he only wrestled nine television matches all year long. I don't know if that's, that that seems low. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, he was a, a focal point of SmackDown just by being in video segments and cutting promos. He was mm-hmm. he was a big part of that show with the Bloodline. I, I bought a We the Ones sweatshirt, by the way. Oh, wow. I think it's my first piece of WWE merch got to be going like seven or eight years that wow. i've that i've bought and so you know why i bought it though is because i bought these uh jordan 11s mm-hmm. and that sweatshirt that hoodie matches so perfectly <laughs> with those shoes <laughs> that's funny um but uh the other the other top contenders seem to be uh john moxley who you know for Reasons uh, where he had to kind of step up and, and, and help out AEW when there was stuff happening with CM Punk and he had his own his own title run. Uh, and then, you know, if you're watching New Japan and you're watching stuff outside of the two biggies, uh, Will Ospreay also is a, is a top contender for wrestler of the year. And I'm sure there are others, you know, if people I'm sure people really like the stuff that Seth did. 
if Cody didn't get hurt, Cody's probably in the running somewhat because he was he was awesome, uh, even in even in AEW and then leaving to to WWE. But uh, yeah, I was just kind of wondering who was like who do you think was the most valuable you know wrestler of the year for their company here? Uh, you got, I think you have to go with Roman Reigns, right? I mean, just uh, the biggest star and the biggest company in the world, and uh, you know, ratings wise, he did really well. Uh, big matches, he did really well, and and you know, match quality, I thought he did really well. So, um, yeah, I think you, I mean, Roman Reigns is pretty much an easy pick for me. He has his detractors, and I think a lot of those detractors are from like the mid 2010s when. They didn't want they were they were sick of him, right? They were tired of him and they're like, gosh, why do they try to push this guy down our throat? He's uh you know, they're, they're giving him bad dialogue and he's <laughs> doing bad stuff. But those, those, those same detractors are like, well, they should turn him heel. Well, he's heel. Yeah, he turned heel. And he's been great since he's turned heel, you know. He was great before, you know. But um this run has been fantastic and Every time he's on screen, like, you know, I don't I don't hit my fast forward button, you know, so that that is a good test. Right. Because I don't watch Smackdown every week because I think I've said it on the show before, kind of like the end of the week. I don't really have to do shows until um, until we're live, pal. So sometimes if I don't if I'm just like tired and, and beat up from, from doing so many shows, I'll, I'll skip Rampage and Smackdown. But when I do watch SmackDown, I have a tendency to kind of skip through stuff where I'm like, okay, I know this means nothing and they just need to fill time. Mm-hmm. I do not skip through any Roman Reigns no. interviews or segments or anything. No, no. I, I do the same thing when I watch SmackDown. I just, oh, there's a Roman Reigns even a little thing in the backstage. I watch it because it's each little thing leads to another. And, but, you know, like, I don't know if he had the, he's had the match of the year, but each time he wrestles, it's a big deal, right? It's, you know, so I, I think he's been fantastic. I think he's been the most valuable, obviously. And it's a big difference when he's not on SmackDown, right? Yes. yes. So, yeah, he is the biggest star in wrestling today. And I know I know, I could, I could see, you know, arguments for Moxley. I could also see arguments for Osprey, And, and there's probably, you know, there's, a, there's a strong argument for CM Punk still, even though it was only six months. CM Punk would have been on this list if he mm-hmm. did not, uh, you know, did, was, did not get hurt at uh, Yeah, at it was out. a strong six months that he had. I think he should, I think for, they, he, I don't, I don't know. But I think I still probably would vote a few of the year MGF and CM Punk. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's, Roman Reigns is my guy for most valuable player, rest of the year, whatever. Now, what about match of the year? Uh, I, we mm-hmm. watched, we we watched so much wrestling TV that sometimes by the time someone tells me, "Oh, watch this match that happened here in X," and here's a link, and I don't know where this website is, sometimes it's like, "Oh man, I'm burnt out. I don't know if yeah. I can get to this thing." So I do, I will miss a lot of the stuff that didn't happen on uh, either you know a big show or national television. So I, mm. I can't say that I saw everything, but I saw a good amount of it. The, the, the two matches that I did not see were, it's almost like my, my vote is a little invalidated because of it, is the two ROH matches between um, FTR and Dem Boys. I saw the first one, but mm-hmm. I didn't see the last two. I didn't see the last one, the dog collar match, but um, I still want to see it just... I don't know. Been lagging on getting in. I'm sure there's ways to find it for 
I don't like those ways personally. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kid, Kid Machiavelli's gonna be in our DMs to tonight. Yeah, I just don't like these weird sites and stuff. I don't like that. I don't mess with that stuff. But um, uh, but it I was say be on Honor Club in like a month and a half, probably. Yeah. Is it worth 10? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. By then, well, I care. You know what I mean? Like to watch well, it. We'll see, because they're supposed to make some announcements after Wrestle Kingdom with if New Japan's going to be involved in uh, Honor Club at all. Well, they're going to need it, because I can't imagine paying 10 bucks a month for the, for the, an hour of uh, Ring of Honor television or whatever it's going to be. So I think, I think Tony said they're doing like they're at the highest number they've ever been at, well, which well, makes sure. sense, because they have the national TV where mm-hmm. they're talking about it, but... If, yeah. New, if New Japan's big shows are on there, maybe that's if it's just a New Japan World combined with Ring of Honor Club. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. If they show the main New Japan shows mm-hmm. for the, but I don't. I just don't understand why they would do that because New Japan. Yeah, they won't is, do that. You know, New New Japan has a U.S. audience now. I don't yeah. imagine that it's as big as it was, no. you know, three years ago. But why would they give that up unless yeah. they get a sweet deal of some sort from ROH? Yep. Yeah, exactly. I can't imagine doing that. So we'll see. But it, but my match of the year is from Ring of Honor, and that is the first Briscoe Brothers versus FTR match. I, I love that match. Um, just just two great teams having a, a great match. And since it was the first meeting, it just was so it, it was special. Plus, the work in the ring was fantastic. Um, the energy of that crowd, those smaller crowd was a lively crowd and, and added to the, you know, everything. So yeah, to me, that's, that was my favorite match. All right. I'll, like I said, I'll give mine tomorrow on, uh, the second fight game podcast of the week. Uh, and if you are available to watch it live, check us out it's just on the normal YouTube channel of F4W, no members only, no live members, just the normal YouTube. Um, so before we get to Dynamite, what did you think of uh, Dragon Lee heading to NXT? Uh, I wasn't really surprised by that one. Uh, there was interest there, so not really surprised there. And we'll see how he does. I'm sure he'll he'll do fine. I guess. I mean, I don't know. You don't know what they're gonna. I, I assume they're gonna keep him with a mask. I would hope so. You know, but I don't know. I, I, I know what he looks like out without his mask. What am I saying? I know what he looks like without his mask. <laughs> yeah, on. we saw him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him before. <laughs> He's a good looking cat. I guess you know. I mean, you know, what's his name? Santos Escobar, right? Yeah. When he was Puma King and Lucha Underground and and, Fan, and El Fantasmo and of course in Mexico, I thought, oh man, they're gonna take the mask off him. But then look at that guy, right? Like, yeah, yeah. He. Good looking guy. Plus, he can cut a promo. Has great facials and stuff. I, I, you know, but you never know. You never know with the with the mask uh, thing. So, I th- yeah, I, but I have a feeling they they're looking for that. You always in search of that next Ray Mysterio, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But how will Dragon Lee be? Like, will he be able to edit himself? You know, because he does a lot of great stuff, but sometimes he does <laughs> a little too much. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, we'll see how long he. He lasts there, but uh, well, I'm rooting for him. I mean, hey, why not? You know, we need some extra. Can you imagine him versus, uh, well, Axion? Was Axion? Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a, a barn burner, you know, match. Any, anyone who works with it, it should be good. So, you know, you know, I've been buying some uh, NXT autograph cards <laughs> of like, lo- like lower level guys. Uh, There's the NXT autograph cards? Yeah. So WWE has a ton of cards. Yeah, that Derek cards. Sanders? 
No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll tell you who I bought, though. But mm. NXT and WWE, uh, there's a lot of cards out there because Panini has the license right now, though it's going to go back to Fanatics uh, in, in a Panini Press, like the sandwiches? <laughs> yeah. that what it is? I think it's spelled the same. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm totally out of cards. I haven't had a card since 1991, I think. It was, but but, the, but these cards are uh, they're, they're Prisms. They're Panini Prisms. They're Panini Select. They're, they're really, really nice. They're like really, you know, you know, when we were back in, in, the, in the late 90s buying baseball cards and they're like mm-hmm. all cardboardish and you flick the corner and it's all damaged like these cards are, are really really glossy and high high level card stock and everything but hmm. i i went I, you know every once in a while i'll just search for young wrestler who i think has a shot at doing something really cool in wrestling and a few months ago it was like carmelo hayes like mm-hmm. i was like i wonder what i wonder what his card his autograph card is going for now with prism there's different levels, and as you go up in level, the scarcity increases. So you have like the normal silver autograph, and there's probably like I don't know a thousand of them made. Let, let's just say a thousand, and then you go up a level to like the green one, and that autograph is maybe like two hundred, and then you Jeez. go to like the super rare ones, and it's like oh yeah, there's only ten of these made, and th- so those ones are really expensive. I'm not buying those cards because it j- it takes the fun out of it for me if I have to spend like two hundred dollars on a card. Yeah, yeah. But so I bought the Carmelo Hayes autograph. Uh, I think it was like whatever the 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 common uh, color was. And it was, I don't know, it was like 20 bucks or something. So I'm like, oh, I like Carmelo Hayes a lot. I look for Trick Daddy. I don't think Trick Daddy has any autographs. But if, <laughs> he, if he does, I'll, I'll eventually find one. Uh, but the other day, I bought Odyssey Jones because it was like five bucks. Like, no, you know, no one believes in this guy right now. It's like, eh, maybe at some point he, he becomes something. And, mm-hmm. and maybe this is actually worth something. Uh, the other one was Kushida because I was like, ah, Kushida's just cool. I'm just going to buy this card. And then the A Kid. The A Kid autograph card. Oh, you said that you're gonna take him. <laughs> no, the the A Kid this is before Sorry. he before he became Axiom. Yeah. yeah. Is the A Kid a dollar and twenty five cents. And I you know, I bid ten cents or whatever. And I was the only bid, and I got this card for a dollar twenty five plus the five dollar shipping and handling or whatever it was. But nobody knows. I wonder if they're just like, who's the A kid? I only know of Axiom. Is that the same guy? Like, what's what's going on? A dollar twenty five for the A kid's autograph? Come on. Yeah. What the hell? I'm not. I'm not with that. I don't know if I would have. I don't know. I don't know if I would buy any autographs. Maybe Walter or Gunther. But I want the Walter card because it's worth more. But uh, I got. I got. Do uh, you have a Walter? I don't have a Walter. Come on. But. You know, it's because I, I, you know some of these you just pull them in packs. I just don't buy enough packs, so the packs are so, so is there a, expensive. Is there a fuck face? <laughs> Billy Ripken. Yeah. <laughs> Roderick Strong's tights have a bad word on them. Oh no, he was he was playing a prank on. People. Oh, that would be awesome, actually. Yeah. All right, back to Dragon Lee. So <laughs> we went off on a tangent there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so I- I'm reading the Cubs fan who posted uh, earlier today, earlier tonight. He said WWE has been aware of Dragon Lee for a while, but made no recent move to sign him until he pe- appeared on the August 17th AEW Dynamite. 
Uh, WWE reached out to bring Dragon Lee and his older brother, Drillistico, in for a tryout quickly after that appearance. WWE passed on Drillistico, brought Dragon Lee back for a second tryout, offered him a deal. Dragon Lee accepted, and the deal was official earlier this month. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yep. There you go. All right. That's how it so, does. so uh, also, FTR lost their AAA titles to. Drillistico and Dragon Lee. <laughs> what was that happening? That this happened weekend? tonight. Oh, really? I think it was tonight. Oh, wow. I wonder why they didn't see no FTR. Yeah. Actually, yeah, well, there's another, there's another, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that when that, when that little promo happens. But uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize. Well, so well, AAA, I guess. They'll drop it soon, I guess. By the, I'm sure he can come back and do a show or something for AAA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, let's start this show. Uh, Danielson against Ethan Page was the first match. Mm-hmm. MJF is out on the ramp with a, an attractive young woman at his side, drinking champagne with him, who also had neck tats. Yep. She looked like, um, gosh, who's the woman in WWE? Facially, she she resembled. Uh, I'm not in. The, who's the the woman with the green hair? Oh, Shotzi. Yeah, she because uh, yeah. Shotzi's like uh, right. was she Filipino or she she has mm-hmm. some Asian in her, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. who I saw. I was like, oh, did she like leave? Deb- no, no, that's just someone no. who looks like her. I um, was interested. I wanted more. I wanted to find. I thought we're. I thought you had the uh, update already by now. We never. We didn't get a name. Us. I didn't hear a name of anybody. All right, we gotta get our crack team on that. They gotta get us our name. Okay, so then uh, Stokely Hathaway uh, w- was wearing a trucker's hat. AEW hat. And he gets on the apron to distract Danielson, but Danielson instead knocks it off. And then, like, he was, he, this hat was, was very important to him because he's very sad. He was so angry that he got up in Danielson's face as Danielson went out to the, uh, to the outside of the ring. And then he ran back into the ring only to get booted by Ethan Page. So Stokely's mm-hmm. interference worked for his for his guy. I had a I was wondering well, uh, what you thought about this match because I I wanted to like this match. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little bit long in the tooth. And I was just waiting for Page. Like I was just waiting for him to like I I don't know. It's like there's like no he wasn't dynamic in any way as he was like trying to prove to, well, not prove to me, but as he was winning this match. And so I'm like, I know this guy's not going to win this match, but I wanted to see something from him because I've, I've liked a lot of the stuff that he's done in these last couple months, but in the ring when he was with, you know, maybe the, the best wrestler or one of the best in the world, I just didn't see the, the thing that separates him from everybody else on that AEW roster. I mean, I, I I liked the match. I think it was probably the best. I mean, best wrestling match on the show. Um, I liked. Um, I didn't like that cutoff spot with because uh, Stokey came out that hat and looked awkward. He's <laughs> yeah. never wore a hat, <laughs> and I was like, that looks just so weird. And why would he wear an AEW hat? Like he would be wearing something a little more. I don't know, fresh and fly. I guess we want to say, and uh, and he like. I don't know. He just, it just, it was there. So Dallas can just boop it off his head. Yeah. And then the cutoff when, when Danielson, you know, got in the face of Stokely, but then he gets back in the ring 
or gets on the apron, he's like taking his eye off the ball. It, it, it took too long. I thought I thought Ethan Page should have probably jumped him sooner than that. Um, um, the match, I thought the match was good. I like I like pay, uh, Ethan Page's work on this one. I actually my favorite part of the match wasn't even a move or a near fall or anything like that. It was the fact that when MJF showed up and was you know on the mic talking trash to Danielson. Ethan Page takes over quick at that point, and he starts yelling back at MJF like, "I'm coming after you after I'm done with him." Like, I like that. Like that, that I thought that was really good camera work to catch. I that thought too. that was great, yeah. just because I'm like, "Oh yeah, he should be like, you know, want the title shot and everything's like that." So, uh, but yeah, I thought the I thought this is probably probably Ethan Page's easily best match in AEW for sure. Um, I just wish we got more from MJF on the show. That was it, huh? That was it. He never came back. Never did. He, you know, never. You know, like he could have said something. They could have. Someone could have caught up with him. Renee. You know, hopefully not. Not Alex Marvez, but Renee could have caught up with him, and he could have. You know, been with that girl and and said. You know, said some more stuff. And but yeah, I just wish we had more MGF in the show. It was like he was there. And he said a couple words, and he was just up there. Now was it? You know. So the finish of the match is uh, he's got uh, he's got Dennis up in the ego's edge, mm-hmm. and he's he's smiling. He's like, "I got this sucker now," and then Danielson slips out, and he's not smiling anymore. And he uh, he Daniel ducks under, then throws that knee and gets some stomps in, and then puts mm-hmm. him in the submission. And Page was out before Danielson even put whatever the submission was in. Page was was out. Yeah, one part I also didn't like too as well, I should point out, the second rope power slam by Paige mm-hmm. on Danielson for a two count. I wish he didn't get that for a two count because literally quickly after that, Danielson's back on his feet running. <laughs> I think he hits the running knee after that. You know, I, I kind of wish they would have, you know, maybe Danielson could have slipped out and then hit the running knee, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that was just my little uh, nitpick there. But overall... I enjoyed the match. Plus, this crowd was fantastic in Denver yeah. Yeah. all night. They're all- it, with the one exception for that women's match. Well, what do you expect? That they see everything in the world. That you know, very every- true. That is, yeah. and and that's what I want to talk about while while we talk about that women's match because they had no chance. No, they had no chance at all. Uh, Wardlow interview with uh, Renee, and as he's doing this interview, Samoa Joe just <laughs> grabs a pipe and just bashes him in the knee. And he's screaming at Wardlow that he's the one that did this to him. Like, he didn't need anyone to do this for him. Yeah. And I, I was just like, you know, I was. it made me think about how back in the day, they used to try, even though we knew who was behind whatever the, the attack was, you know, they, they did a whole, WWF in 1999 did a whole thing <laughs> about Rikishi being the driver <laughs> to right. run over Steve Austin, even though it was Triple H who was the person behind it, right? Like they they went through so much, and it it wasn't a great story. It was it was kind of actually kind of dumb, but like here on Dynamite, they're just like, nope, we're just gonna show you the guy who did it, and he's gonna be the guy you're supposed to wrestle later in the night. Like w- we need a commissioner here to to make a ruling here. Like come on, can every heel just beat up who he's gonna? face mm-hmm. that night so that yep. you know what is this what if jet jarrett jeff jarrett just comes out before the match with uh the acclaimed and just hits both max and uh and bowens in the head with guitars like then we're just gonna have the match like what's going on here 
Yeah, it's probably what's going to happen in that match coming up. <laughs> uh, yes, this was executed pretty, really poorly. Like, let's talk about when it was executed perfectly, and that was back in November of 1991 when Lex Luger, even though he came out of some kind of freaking was that medusa was like a genie or or something doing oh, a dance yeah. for a sting oh, and yeah. then luger clipped him and then sting was taken to the hospital but that worked because there was constant updates yes it's, they, well when he got took into the hospital so he's not gonna be there for the match yes and then he come and then he and then he's then there's what who i forget who's out there is it shivani maybe that was actually at the giving updates on sting if he's gonna make it back and Next, you know, like he's like, oh my god, he's taking an ambulance. He's made his way back, and he comes out, and he's limping. And the match is a, a, a hot little match, but it's only four minutes long. And 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 then, uh, you know, Rude clips him in the leg and hits hits his finish one, two, three. And it's like, oh man, the the heel Rick Rude stole one, you know, and stole one from Sting, and Luger stole one from Sting. But this was like, we don't even know he's going to make it. Like, there's no updates, no going to the back, no so showing they, the doctor so they worked had, on. They had one update before the Elite match. Where Did they show they, any footage? They didn't show any footage, but they were like, we're trying to get an update. We'll let you know. It looks like he's going to wrestle. And, and mm-hmm. that was kind of the, the where they went. I think they may have done that one more time. But I, yeah, I, I, you know, this is something that we've talked about because you know, poor William Regal supposedly almost died so much so that Daniel Bryan was in the hospital for three mm-hmm. weeks with the guy, yeah, and we got no updates on any of the television shows, and so they tried here, but it can't like if you want if you want to take it seriously, I guess you don't have him come out, you know, uh, an hour and a half later. Yep. And, and it's probably something that you have you, to do in, in a couple weeks or whatever. I don't, I don't know how you do it, but just the way that they do television today, that it wasn't even there wasn't even a thought that this was all that serious. It was just like, nope, this is just an angle for the match. I, yeah, this should have been a show long angle with constant updates, um, trainer working on him. Tony Khan maybe could have been there, you know, talking to doctors and the doctors, yes. you know are saying like, you know, I don't know, you know, he possibly could do it, but I wouldn't recommend it. But Warlow's saying, look, I, you know, Warlow's saying, Tony, I can do it. You know, I want to, you know, I want to go out, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, you could, this was just poorly executed. So oddly, the next segment was <laughs> <Yes>. the doctor <laughs> with Hangman <laughs> and Renee. And Renee asks the doctor for an update and asks Hangman for an update on his concussion. And Hangman's like, of course you'd want an update. And then he immediately apologizes for being rude. Mm-hmm. And the doctor who is, uh, who was that guy? Dr. Steve. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who that guy was. He was uh, stiff as a board. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing the right stuff here. If you continue to do the right stuff, you can potentially be back in the ring in two yeah. weeks. And Hangman does the math. See, when he does the math and he's like, the forum that should have cleared him right like he's should, he's, yeah. he's a clear mind he can figure that out what, what did he say he said uh he's like you know what i, ha- I don't have an update 
we just don't know. You know, I don't know when I'm going to return. And the doctor's like, well, actually, if you just actually take it easy, you could be back in two weeks. Oh, really? And then what makes this segment so stupid is you have the Dark Order guys, especially Evil Uno back there with that stupid mask and his, you know, it just looks so awkward. And you want this have a, you want this to be somewhat of a serious moment, and you just can't stop There's looking no at the goofball in the background, you know. Like he doesn't. They don't need to be there. They don't. They don't. We know. Okay, he's buddies with them. That's great. That's great. But like, and then when they, they bring up Mo- they bring up the name Moxley, and Paige goes a little a, a little crazy, and they're like, no, 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 we didn't say Moxley. We said Hawks. Like I know. Then, then, then it becomes a giant joke. John. Yeah. Exactly. So it was hard to really take this take this seriously. It's almost like, man, the last time Paige did this, he had a really great story to tell about yeah. it. You know. Oh, yeah. Like, let's let's do it again. Now but it's jokes. This John's jokes, you're right. So the doctor said, you know, you know, but if you keep, you know, fighting with Moxley and jumping Moxley and and brawling, then you know, you may never get back in the ring. And so yeah. he's, he's got to think about what the doctor's words there say. So we had Moxley and Claudio versus Top Flight uh, return from Rampage. Did you watch Rampage? Then that trios oh, battle royal. I, I almost deleted it, but I was like, you know, I have to watch that cluster. Battle Royal, and sure enough, what a horrible match that was! <laughs> just people just they were standing around, and oh, you can't know who was who. And okay, this is how stupid this is. You'd have Preston Vance turn on the Dark Order, take off his mask. Now you're going to turn you're turning him heel, and he's gonna you're you're re you're you're reintroducing him as this new character, right? Mm-hmm. So his first match as a heel is just with a bunch of other guys in this battle Royal. I mean, how about give the guy a win on television, a promo, you know, a couple wins first, like do try to do something with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this match was just Moxley and Claudio beating on these guys. And then they'd get like a hope spot here and there, but then there's more beatings and then more beatings and uh, Ma- I think Moxley's been studying some like Hulk Hogan 1996, talking about our, our WCW 96 podcast. 96? Yeah, WCW 96. He's been going to the back rake. But he's been doing that for a while. He's been doing that since he's, I think since he's debuted at AEW. Hasn't he been doing the back rake? But he's been doing it. He's been doing it in, in matches. Uh, yeah, he likes to do it when it's next to that camera. Mm-hmm. And then he tried to bite, he was, bite, he was biting Darius, but. The camera's so close, you can see him not really biting him, and his <laughs> chin's just on top of uh, Darius's nose. And then Excalibur said, "Oh yeah, he's rubbing the beard. The beard's like sandpaper." And it's like, <laughs> oh god. I was honestly, I know the crowd loved this match there, but I just didn't understand it. Like, you had first of all, this match probably should have been booked, and the reason why is because Top Flight won the damn battle royal, right? To earn the and AR a- a- Fox won the b- battle royal to earn a future title shot. Does AR Fox at- get some of that three hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, though? they split it. But he's lost. He's like out of the match. He, well, they split. It's, it's triple. It's a triple chance, man. You got. But anyway, I would have gave. I would have been like, look, bro, look, you bro. get like twenty percent. Like we split the rest because we yeah, were in this yeah. match. Yeah. So. <laughs> They won this match, this Battle Royal Rampage. They get this future shot at the six-man tag team titles. I don't know. Maybe instead of getting their ass kicked in this match here, how about 
maybe not on Dynamite, but maybe you follow up on Rampage with them winning a, a six-man tag team match. Yeah. And continue their momentum as they get ready to face whoever ends up the winner of this best of seven series with the elite and the death triangle. I, and I, plus I just I didn't get this match at first top flight. These young kid Bay faces are, are, are jumpstarting the match. And then the, you know, Mox and Claudio are working really aggressive to a point where they're working like heels, you know, and, it just there's no justification for this this anger towards these young kids right so i was confused and then and then <laughs> the cutoff was no the cutoff was the chop block knee on mox and mm-hmm. then they're working over Mo- i'm like wait a second we had the knee for the match with wardlow coming up mm-hmm. we have another knee for another match i think willow nightingale got her chop blocked i was like oh my god what's going on just, they had a sign that said work the knee tonight in the back. I don't know what was going on there, but it's just, and then like the whole like DT on the floor by Moxley, just the, are they going heel? Is, does, are Moxley and Claudio and Wheeler Yuta going heel? There's teaching lessons, man. There's teaching, or it's just, it's just, I mean, like I said, last week or last, yeah, last week on Friday, these kids won with Air Fox, like feature them in the match where they keep winning, build their momentum to that six man tag team. They, I mean, Moxley and Claudia could have wrestled, I don't know, Butcher and a Blade, right? Mm-hmm. Or or some variation of that kind of team. So it's so, a so heel team. What happened to the, the bear people? Where are they at? The bear <laughs> yeah, what happened to those guys? What happened to those guys? <laughs> what can they get their ass kicked, you know? <clears throat> um, so the uh, spot for the crowd was uh, Darius in the giant swing and Dante having to skip over him a couple times mm-hmm, to time it mm-hmm. so that he could break it up. Uh, Darius actually kicked out of the neutralizer and then Claudio starts hitting him with elbows and Dante tries to break it up, but his, his normal punch like didn't affect Claudio. So he's like, Oh, I got to hit the ropes and hit my big move. And nope, Mox clotheslines him out of his shoes. And then mm-hmm. they go to the outside, like you said, and he hits the DDT on him. And Claudio hits Darius with the uppercut from hell. That yeah. forearm just uppercut. Boom. I thought that was awesome. Pins him. And I don't know. What do you, do, are they going to run with Mox and Claudio as a tag? Because, you know, maybe it looks like a lot of the single stuff is kind of set up. Well, but then again, Claudio is, is the ROH champion, which I kind of yeah. forgot while I was watching this match. That's probably not mm-hmm. a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, in, in, the, in the finish, like I thought it was just beat to beat some flat. I don't know. I just thought it was a, this was just a poorly booked match to, to do here. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, all I can say about this one, it was, I don't know. It's just pretty frustrating. I wouldn't like, why you let him kick out the neutralizer? I wouldn't have done that. Like, ah, they could have done this match later on in the, after Top Flight's kind of earns more cred, I think. They could have had a better match and a better story, uh, story at the match. And, and plus, we just saw Darius and Mox, I think it was last week, and Mox was just like, sludging through that match he was like really like what's going on here yeah and then that that moment where darius just smacks claudio and claudio gets pissed and lays him out i mean wd did better with ricochet and walter mm-hmm. right, Gunther, when that and that with that match when when freaking ricochet was done kicks out something's done but then he just smacks the hell out of Gunther and Gunther goes up oh, f you and puts him out in that emerald flosion move or whatever he's that slam movie did mm-hmm. You know that that was perfection. This was eh. 
I don't know. And then the, the fall. I'm sorry, you're going to probably talk about the highlight, right? Of the what they showed of the cluster battle royal. No, I didn't see it. So after the match, I'm like, if I'm sitting there, like, just like, why are these guys? Why are they at least so in the highlight of them win this battle royal and have them have a match where they win on Rampage? Then they go to the highlight of the cluster battle royal, and all they show was stuff with. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, best yeah. friends, Kip Orange Sabian Cassidy, and, and, and yeah, Kip yeah, yeah, Sabian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, they don't show who won the damn thing. They yeah. mention it, but they don't show who won it. I'm just like, give me a break. This is horrible. So th- before that, though, there was some medical concern for Wardlow. So that was a that was a little bit of a follow up from from before. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, Kip and Penelope are with Renee. The best friends, OC and Danhausen, are on the other side. And this whole thing is a setup for Kip trying to get a title shot and Orange Cassidy saying that you don't deserve it. And in fact, my best friend over here, Trent, deserves it before you do. And then Trent's like, wait, really? You think so? He's like, yep. Book it Friday. (laughs) Best friends, OC and Trent on Rampage. So how how they get us excited for this Orange Cassidy, Kip Stadium match just to Get over that Kip Sabian's not worth a towel shot. So yes, that that is that is not great. Though um this is like two or three rampages ago, they did an eight man. Dustin was involved. And Kip and Orange Cassidy did some stuff which I thought was really, really good, but it was just a just an appetizer. But them together, they they have some pretty good chemistry. So the match whenever they do it will probably be good, but I don't. Well, I mean, has Kip Sabian won a match on television no. in years and years and years? Remember, he's been off, was off television so long. He comes back and then he challenges Pac for the title, that t- same title, on a pre-show and gets beaten a blah match. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Kip needs to move on to somewhere else. I think. So AEW's been bringing in these uh, enhancement talent, and they have some funky names. Dude, man. This, this I don't know. What, he's this is next to the. Uh, what is it? Exeon Prime. Plan. Yeah, yeah. Balaam yeah. Lynx. Balaam Lynx. There was another one. I think it was on Rampage. There was a women's match that was. There was a funky name for. for oh, Vert uh, Vixen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's from. Uh, she's a dude. Her character in WoW is she's a gamer. Oh wow. She's like, you know, a gamer girl. I forget her name. And the, I look, wow cracks me up because it's like you know you know you can't take it too serious right no. but but sometimes it's just fun to watch these little character profiles because literally the her profiles are her loving playing games and being a gamer I'm like that's fucking great she loves playing video games but how's this gonna help you wear a wrestling match <laughs> like coming up right she should but anyways uh, doing it do a tag team with Miro that's all he yeah. wants to do is play games these days. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah. So Hook beat Balin Lux links next door to the Exion Prime Rotorelli. <laughs> yeah, nice little hook squash there with the red rum. Mm-hmm. And so we see Stokely come out again, and he's he calls Hook the Southwest Airlines of AEW. Big Bill jumps on the apron. Jungle Boy runs. Jungle Boy looked like he was limping or something when he started running. Looked like he tripped. <laughs> maybe, maybe he tripped. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Moriarty tries to cut him off, and so they brawl out. And then Big Bill and Hook they face off, and 
Big Bill is the hook barely came up to his nipples, I think. Yeah. And as as Hook was about to be goozled, uh Jungle Boy saves him like he's hacksaw Jim Duggan in his prime with the two by four. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, Big Bill. Where did he like, get that two by four? Where did he get it? And it, it, does that make Big Bill the Iron Sheik? Like, what's going on here? He didn't have it when he ran out. We didn't see where he grabbed it from. We assume it's under the ring with everything else in the world. And he used it, and it took like multiple shots. I don't know. It yeah, just like, like- yeah to the, the to the back, and then to the back again, and then he took the big swing like to take his head off, and Big Bill yeah. got out of dodge. I mean, <sighs> was there a moment in the the trios title match where someone went and looked for like a something to hit someone with, and they were like, "Where did this thing go?" Oh, Maybe Jungle, Anna J Jungle, when she was Jungle Boy took it. Anna J took forever to look for the chair she grabbed. <laughs> uh, Chris Jericho had a really good interview. I thought uh, he called Ricky Starks a flash in the pan, setting up their ma- their match next week in Seattle. Said Andretti needs to go back to the Indies, but uh, this is kind of like uh, Jericho's like, all right, enough of the fun and games here. We we, mm-hmm. we got to get back to business and. I kind of thought, how would you book this match? Because it's a big match. It's a big match for Ricky Starks. Mm-hmm. But Jericho just lost to a nobody. Like, how would you... What would the finish be? And how would you book the God. whole thing? I hope to God it's not action and coming out to get some measure of revenge and Jericho loses. I-, I was thinking the other way. I was thinking action Andretti comes out and then turns on Ricky Starks. Oh, jeez. Gosh. Well, does Vince Russo have a tryout? Uh, I don't we... know, man. I don't huh. know. He's like, I got this idea. Swerve. Swerve finishes and transvestites and nipple clamps. That's what we're going <laughs> to. I want to. It was excess in 98. Um, uh, I, I Not that I want that to happen, by the way. That's just no, what I was no. thinking. I would love for Ricky to win, but we'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know. If he was gonna, if Starks is gonna win this thing, I like it. I don't know. I think Jericho. I could see. Yeah, I think Starks will win. I, I bet you, and, Action Andretti will come and cost Jericho the match, and then which will suck because I don't want Ricky Starks to be a footnote for a, right continuing Action Andretti versus Chris Jericho. But we'll see. Swerve and Renee, hmm. uh, the mogul affiliates. Wheeler Yuta comes out, challenges him to a match on Rampage, which actually should be a really good match. That's probably may- maybe the only reason to turn it, tune into Rampage is to see those guys. And he introduced Parker and to be a Did you say person, he, yeah, player he, to be named later. That's yeah. good. <laughs> you, you, we'll learn about him. We'll, we'll, he was the player to be named later in a bit. We'll, we'll hear from him. Yeah. We'll hear from this guy. He just yeah. looks all like, no, let's talk to this guy. He looks, look, why did you get the stupid tattoos on your face? <laughs> exactly. You know, that's what I want to know. Like, what the hell? What's going on with you, kid? They need to do a thing where they bring Mike Tyson back, and Mike Tyson just looks at him, and he looks at Mike and just gives him a heads up. He's like, is, I get it, man. I get it. Is Wheeler Yuta's brother on White Lotus Season 2? I haven't seen White Lotus. I've only seen the commercials that they play on Dynamite. Yeah, we're, we we finished uh, season one, and now we're on to season two, which I which I love. I love this show. But there's a character in uh, White Lotus season two who just kind of like looks like he can be really you's brother. So I was wondering if there is his brother's an actor. Hmm. Max, this kid's from the this kid's from the UK though. He speaks in, like he doesn't have like a, a British accent in the in the show, but it's a good show, man. Love that show. Aubrey Plaza. 
Yeah, Katrina hates that. Like, <laughs> she's like, God, this chick never smiles. <laughs> well, she doesn't. She don't watch Parks and Rec. We started watching that a little bit. We never finished it, but yeah, that's. She, I know what it's just. It's like for her, it's like the Adam Sandler syndrome for me. Like, he's like the same character every every movie. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think she feels the same thing about that. Uh, was it Aubrey Plaza? Uh, Aubrey yeah. Plaza, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's White Lotus. Hey, like, as you can say, it's, but I'm I'm, I'm not going to talk White Lotus and I talk about this next match coming up. But uh, okay, I, I I know that this isn't going to be the uh, your, your favorite match of the night. And I, I agree with a lot of what I know what you're going to say, but the, the main difference in this match and last week's match to me, and because when they're down three to one, like there's real panicking when you're down three to one, right? You, yeah. you can't slip up. You can't like you slip up once and boom, you're done. I thought there was more panic and like showing like the, you know, we we can't screw this thing up. We screw this thing up. You know, we don't have very any room to fail here. I I saw more of that in this match than in the three to one match. So I like this one a little bit better. But obviously, there's it was chaos and it was yeah. You know, so so many things going on at once. Um, I did like the the shooting of the finish. I like how they shot that. Um, what was the other thing that that I was that I actually liked? I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember what it was. Maybe, maybe, maybe I didn't. Phoenix, get, Phoenix getting dropped on his head when the Northern Lights suplex on the rampway. Oh my god! That was oh my gosh! I I made a verbal scream when there's uh, a on that one. How did Nick Jackson not break his arm off that uh, front flip to the, off those whatever stacks of whatever it was? Yeah, in the back the through the table. Yeah, because he like posts his arm on the concrete. I'm like, bro, yeah. that's not the part that's going to break. Yeah, what he's trying to break doing? his, put his arm back and break it. It's like, dude, and he comes up his elbows. I'm like, oh, dude, he's he's lucky. He got lucky there. Um, it was a train wreck and a bunch of, I mean, and then at the end when when, <laughs> when Omega got the pin with the one-wing angel and, yeah. you know, that's cool. He did a split screen. That's cool. Yeah. But his reaction, it was so fake. So over the top, like I'm like, dude, come on. Okay, here's what I was what I was wondering. Uh, I, I just remembered this dude has a match in six days in Japan against Will Osprey, and mm-hmm. they're gonna go. They're gonna want to have match of the year of on day number four of the entire year, right? Mm-hmm. My goodness, all of the stuff that they did in this match. How is this guy not like? just going to be stiff and sore for like the next four days. Well, he'll be in pain for sure. I mean, the spot off the, maybe he's losing <laughs> and he's going to use this as an excuse. So there Wait, was, when's dynamite on the dynamite. Is they're the, not, dyna, so, so are they Russell, doing Russell the match? King, yeah, no, they're, they're not there. So yeah, Russell kingdom is Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Then dynamite is Wednesday night. They'll be back the following dynamite for for the, yes. the final match. Good, it gives them time to recover from this craziness. There was the, the the coolest moment I thought was after that Phoenix twisty splash off the stage that took mm-hmm. forever to set up. The tor- tornado dive was the uh, was the V trigger that actually came out of nowhere. Yeah, but then he never covered him. <laughs> No, he's posing, man. And then he posed, and then here comes Pac up there trying to give a. Then he went for a German soup on the bridge and got a got a two count. But it's like, uh, 
So just, just qu- quick, quickly, we'll go over the, the high spot stuff. Uh, the match starts in the back. Like, they don't actually get to the ring. They're fighting in the back, and then mm-hmm. they just go, all right, ring the bell. And, and people so start moving right away. Match Crap. starts. There's a moonsault from Pac from some high place in, in the back. That took uh, forever. You mentioned the Nick front flip through the table. Uh, the tor- tornado dive. When they get back to the stage, it was off of one of the ramp, uh, one one of the entrances, the top of the entrance. Uh, then you you mentioned the the German uh, on Kenny on the ramp. That was tough. The V trigger on on uh, there they they put Pac in a pack in a, a trash can, and Kenny drills him with the V trigger, and then Kenny gets the trash can put on his head, and he takes three super kicks in, uh, at the same time. On yeah. his head in the trash can. And then the finish. Pack has the brutalizer on Matt. And Matt's ready to tap out. They split screen. They show Kenny hitting Phoenix with the one-winged angel through the table. And Kenny, the way Kenny hits, his legs are kind of on Phoenix's shoulders. And so he gets the count. And right as he gets the count, then uh, Matt is ready to tap. So they win. And it is now 3-3. Three to three. And the ladder match, Ugh. gosh... It's going to be ridiculous, and I I will be happy when this series is done. I know a lot of people who love this, and they're just like, I could see these guys wrestle every you know every time. Like, I I was thinking about my favorite AEW series of matches, and it was probably Danielson and Hangman, like really early yeah. in the year, like late last year, early this year. I could watch those guys wrestle uh, every three weeks on Dynamite and just be into it. Yeah. I can't watch. I, I I mean we're gonna have to watch one more match of this, but I don't feel the same way about about these teams. And and Danielson and Hangman Page, I, I guarantee you could have seven really good straight wrestling matches without doing without the crutch of doing gimmick matches to, to continue the series. Like I just uh, I wish I knew it was gonna happen because they can't they couldn't do it. But it's just. It is what it is. We'll see. I'm curious. To, I'm really curious about this ratings this time around. I want to see what was it, is the drop off if people come back for this or what. You know, I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, usually it doesn't seem like the pattern changes all that much. They start hot, they slowly lose small viewers in the first hour, and then the second hour they lose more viewers. This is kind of how the pattern has been. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay. The acclaimed <laughs> at a video package. Yes. Uh, rapping about Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I thought this was pretty perfect for what they were trying to do mm-hmm. because it makes them look young. They're a little corny, but they're still hip and, and they're still cool and they're winning on the jokes and they're making fun of these old guys. Yeah. So I, I, I like that part. Uh, I thought the video was funny. You know, I, I said this when, you know, we're going back a, a little ways, but but when Hit Row was in NXT, they did like a real live cipher where you kind of take a bunch of people and you kind of just, you're in a circle and you just rap and you kind of go off the top of your dome, you freestyle. And I was like, yeah, you know, if you, if, if there was something like Wale, like Wale probably watched Hit Row and was like, oh, like they really tried to do something that was hip hop. Mm-hmm. But your normal casual fan doesn't really understand what that is. They understand punchlines. So this video yeah. was funny. They're cracking jokes. And I was wondering if you knew where they got the hook from, where they're spelling 
Rassel or Rassel. Or no, 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 no. You so, know me. If it Bushwick Bill didn't say it, no. <laughs> I, I, uh, I thought it was interesting because they actually got it from. There's a song by a rapper named Murs, and so this is you know John Cena. Uh, right around the time where his album comes out, to the mm-hmm. that that one album that he had, and it's Murs and John Cena, and it's the song is called H U S T L E Hustler, and Cena raps in the in the last uh, part of the song, he and he's like a serious, like yeah, he's like serious John Cena. It's like not funny wrestling punchlines. It's like serious mm-hmm. rap John Cena, <laughs> and so they took the hook from that song, which I thought was kind of an interesting. Interesting thing, but, um, you know, if, if this is like a, a battle rapper of like who's real hip hop, well, yeah, like Max is he he's a punchline rapper, which works for this stuff. Now, if he had to be serious, maybe he could probably do some good stuff, but that's not what the role is here. The role is yeah. let's tell these jokes through these rhymes so that the audience knows that we're making fun of these guys. I thought this was really, really good. This is great. I loved it. The the punchlines, man. I they some are like, man, like that's so. I mean, it's great that I'm sure Jared's like, dude, go all out, yeah, give it all, like, you yeah. Know, he's like, I'm I, I'm gonna hit you with a guitar soon, yeah. so go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing, stealing like, like Kurt Angle's wife, and <laughs> that was the one that really you know stood out to me. And a couple of the things, you know, Carney and all that kind of fun stuff. Like it was that. I think it was great. This is like. This is like the X stuff, obviously, we talk about. Like, this is stuff that's really hitting. And, um, you know, I, I think that's great. I think they're fantastic. Uh, you know, I, and I think it's a good match, too. Jarrett with Lethal versus these guys. It's going to be a good match. I guess it's going to be. Oh, fuck, I don't think it's going to be pay per view. Is this going to be. I mean, they have this Battle of the Belts. Oh, next you're right. Week. That's I wonder if right. they do it then. They're going to need a match like that on Battle of the Belts. I don't think it's a, it's a huge match because Jarrett and Lethal aren't. I don't know. They're okay. Are they over, over, you know what I mean? But is it appointment viewing? I don't know. But the, the claim is popular, so maybe it will be. So we'll see. I don't like them doing Battle of the Belts on Friday after Rampage. Me neither, because I always forget to tape it. <laughs> but, like, so okay, so as I was doing some research for our WCW 96 podcast, Mm-hmm. So I was trying to figure out what was the Clash of the Champions before the Nitro. And what I learned, and I'll explain this on the podcast in in more detail, but what I learned is that originally the first Nitro was supposed to debut in early August. They had a Clash of the Champions on Sunday, August 6th in 1995. Mm -hmm. And then the very first Nitro was supposed to be the next day. Uh what so what they did what they did with the clash of the champions and when i was you know when we were growing up watching the clash it was like mid midweek yep but on this clash they did the main event and then right after the main event was the clash so yeah. it's kind of like like it's kind of like one long like 3 hour segment mm-hmm. of tv and that's kind of what this rampage into battle of the belts remi- uh, kind of reminds me of is like Oh, like Rampage is like the starter hour for this show, and then like the the show is Battle of the Belts. But I don't know. I I don't I don't know if they have enough good stuff because the Rampage lineup outside of uh, Wheeler Yuta and Swerve, I didn't think it was all that interesting. So maybe I mean maybe they put a couple title matches in that last hour of Battle of the Belts. Wait, is it this Friday? I'm sorry, you're right. Next, yeah. it's uh yeah. no, it is this Friday. 
I think. No. Next Friday. No, is it this January Friday or next Friday? January. Is it January? Okay, so yeah. so it's after Seattle then. I, I apologize. Yeah, we'll see what they we'll after see Seattle. what we'll see what they could hook us with on with that card. If it's because like, haven't the ratings been like drastically dropping since the first Battle of the Belt? So the rampage numbers have been up though. It's the, the just I guess putting John Moxley in matches is is uh, helping. <laughs> so the the rampage ratings have been up. So we'll see if that continues this weekend. I'm I'm not sure. I mean they they have Moxie in an interview. I'm not sure if it's going to be enough to keep uh, to keep that rhythm going with that rating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <clears throat> we have match between. Hey wait, Will... you know what's been up rating wise? Keep with NXT for a tape show. They like seven hundred thousand. It was, it was it was it was wild. I thought I saw that. I'm like, wow, maybe there's some some momentum going with the new day there and all that kind of stuff. You're not getting me to watch that show unless I leave oh. the building every once in a while. I know. I try. I I check. Try to check it. I've I haven't watched this week's yet, but maybe when they go back to live, I might check it out again. I I would love to see them do stuff in other arenas for sure. No, that's. I think it's going to be coming right 2023. Well, they're doing the Charlotte show for one mm-hmm. of those weekend yeah. shows so that that's a, a positive i i don't know i could say i kind of just get i feel ill when i watch that that building it gives me like a, a weird reaction it's like, it's like you know when you're a kid mm-hmm. and you eat it, something and it, and it kind of makes you sick and then as an adult like you still relate that food to making you sick that's how i feel about that that uh that nxt building i don't mind the bill i don't mind that building i i just it'd be nice to just kind of like you know every four weeks we do uh do one outside of it, you know. Yeah, run, run, uh, tape the show after after Raw one one time a month or something. Eh, I don't know. Those two or five live crowds weren't super exciting. True, <laughs> and then yeah, then you got three yeah. hours of Raw. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Maybe before. I don't know. Okay, so uh, Tay, oh. J, A S, which has got to be the dumbest. We were talking about dumb dumb names. I will take Balaam Links over Tay. J A S as a as a tag team. I might be with you on this one. <laughs> Against Willow Nightingale and uh, Ruby Soho, like we said, they they didn't have to follow it immediately because there was a couple segments in between this. But man, they had no chance in this match, and it wasn't even a good match. The match wasn't great, and the story to this match, I didn't like it either. So the story of this match is that Ruby has like this death warrant out for for <laughs> Tay and Willow Nightingale like is just she just wants to wrestle on TV and she's happy and she just wants to win the match but even her charm and and her likability didn't really save this for me uh so you know they're they're wrestling and then all of a sudden Ruby tags herself in because she just wants to get at Tay and Willow's kind of like huh this is kind of weird and at first, I was like, oh, no, more dissension with tag teams. But they're not even really a tag team. So no. that's what was a little confusing. I thought they had about three three to four minutes of, of match here that they had to just lengthen through the commercial. Um, finish was really dumb, too, because so Anna Jay has, has a chair <laughs> and Aubrey catches it. So obviously Aubrey's back is turned because Anna Jay's outside. And so because her back is turned, then Tay gets a chair and she brings it into the ring. And she pretends she's babyface Eddie Guerrero from uh, 2005 
and she throws it at uh, at, at Ruby Soho. Mm-hmm. And you know the smart baby face should kind of know what's going on here and maybe like move out of the way or something. But nope, no. Ruby catches it. She gets hit with the big pump kick in the face, and then that didn't pin her because I I guess Tay wanted to show that she was going to hit her finisher to win, or I don't I don't know why she just didn't pin her like a mm-hmm. heel should after you yeah. use the chair. Then she hits her finisher and then pins her. So. I just thought Ruby Soho looked like the dumbest baby face of all oh. time in this match. Yeah, it looked, looked horrible. Like, through the chair, she held the chair against her face, for, and it took forever. To, it just, it's amateur hour, man. They shouldn't have gone, dude, these girls can't, these girls, uh, actually, I would say, I would say, I would say, Tay, Tay and Mello, whatever, you know they are. Anna J and... Are you talking about Tay, J? A.S. Yes, T.J.S. can't go this long. You know, I would shorten this up to one segment that is all quickly get done. Tay is selling is just, oh, my gosh, she is totally regressed. Whatever little improvement she made, she's she's fallen backwards fast. And Anna Jay still kind of in that same. I don't think I've seen any really improvement, you know, from her. It just this was just a disaster. Just. And then I, I want to see this is where the, usually people start checking out. You know, this yeah. is where they they start looking at a, 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 other entertainment for the night. You know, and I I know we heard from Jamie Hader on Rampage, but there was so much momentum for her coming mm-hmm. out of that match last week. I just wanted to see her again. I'm just like I don't really care who she wrestles. Like let's just have her wrestle again. Yeah, because she was so great in that match. She looks like a star. She comes out of that match like a star. I don't want to see Tay Mello and Anna Jay. And there's not I, like I don't personally have anything against them, but you put them in this spot, and you know, like if if you were to give Tony Khan some truth serum, mm-hmm. and he's putting the show together, he's like, "Yep, Elite uh, Death Triangle." They're going 20 minutes or whatever it is, and it's just chaos, and it's everything but the kitchen sink. And then we're going to follow up with the acclaimed video package. And so the crowd will like that, and then we're going to come with this women's match. There's no way in hell he thinks this women's match can hold the crowd. There's no way. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he has the same format. Usually the women's match is always the match before the main event. Maybe they should put the the... Uh, best of seven match, you know, match number six of the best, best seven as the main event, and had Warlow and Samoa Joe at top of the hour mm-hmm. with some updates during that first hour if Warlow is going to be able to make the match. Mm-hmm. But I know probably the Bucks don't want to and Mega don't want to be the last match because that's that's the lowest lowest segment lowest segment. So yeah, well. all right. So we had a guns uh, leaving <laughs> dynamite segment. Where are you guys going? I don't know. We're not booked. We- <laughs> <laughs> Why were you there then? Why were you there? You just was this a catering joke? I didn't get it. I didn't get it either. We're gonna go celebrate what? Like you showed up to not get booked and you're just out. Okay. God, this is so stupid. You could have shortened this damn women's match up to one segment. You could have somewhere earlier put re did a little bit of recap of last week of the hater Sheeta match with the with the with the uh, a hater post match promo that was filmed then that you showed then or something right a full follow up, and guess what? Remember the Book of Hobbs? 
Yeah. <laughs> no mention of, of a powerhouse Hobbs. Maybe this week after he said after the this, the final. I guess it was that the final chapter last week. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Maybe he could have showed up and killed someone. You know, not not literally, but you know, like smashed, just destroyed someone quickly, and being like, "Hey, this, you know, this, you saw what made me the monster that I am, and now I'm taking, now I'm beating, you know, another guy with a galaxy name, you know, mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that." Yeah. All right. So for Rampage, we have uh, actually did they do the Ramp Jamie Hader interview last week? I know they. they she's going to be on. Week. Yeah, she's talk. Yeah, she's going to be on this week's Rampage. Yeah. This week's Rampage. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Trent, Jade and Kira Hogan, Swerve and Wheeler Yuta, and then there's a John Moxley interview, and then next Wednesday night, Starks and Jericho. Starks does an interview, says that he has a big mouth and a bad attitude. He's going to take Jericho down several notches. Why? Because he can. And then there's going to be more matches for Dynamite announced on Rampage. I felt this promo was good, but I felt I want a little more fire from Ricky. He did get beat up. I mean, you know, True. maybe this next week. Maybe that's next week. Maybe they're saving it for next week. But I just felt, I said, again, I almost felt like he's talking about action and dready. He's going to fight for him. Like, oh, God. <laughs> All right. In uh, the main event segment here, we had uh, Beast Mode Samoa Joe <laughs> against Wardlow. And <sighs> do, you th- do you think Wardlow made a comment about somebody's mama? He got on somebody's bad side. He got hanging with the wrong crowd. Because, man, he was so on fire. <laughs> and now, like, he came out. They tried to give him the... You know, the mm-hmm. trick of coming back from injury and, you know, Joe comes out and they announce, Ward, you know, the champion comes out first and, and, and they, they announce Wardlow. He doesn't come out and Joe's just like, yeah, man, he's uh, he's taking a day off or whatever he said. And then Wardlow mm-hmm. comes out. Medical staff is telling him, no, you can't. You're, you're risking injury. And he still comes out and he's selling his knee. Can't get him up for the power bomb, and that's kind of the end of him. And and Joe just chokes him out. I was just like, "Wow, what happened to Wardlow here? What happened to Wardlow's world? Wardlow's world? I, I think I think it died tonight. That's what I'm going to say. Well, first of all, see, I don't think he understood how to sell his knee coming to the ring. No, he was he, he was, was walking pretty fast, yeah. and, and and it's like, oh my gosh. And then the people, these damn extras, whoever these people were from Denver or whatever, whoever. Do you see those people in the background when, he, when he's shoving people aside? Yeah. People like, oh, my, overacting. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, gosh, gosh dude. Drove me insane. They must have been, they must have went to the Bryce Renswick School of Professional Wrestling. And then of overacting. And then, and then like, this match, I mean, it went too long with a person with his – the injured knee, that deal. At one point, <laughs> Wardlow sells the wrong leg, which is great. Um, I think like, and then he got B flat, like choked out. Yeah, you know, maybe like, maybe instead of like he, you know, he can't like he cheesy trying to go for the power bomb. He can't do the power bomb because leg. But then he gets freaking Smojo in that position. We're like, oh my god, he's in a position where he doesn't use to have to use his upper body strength to lift up Ward, uh, uh, Smojo. Now he has a position on the ropes due to the power bomb. Is this going to be it? And he loses it then. And then maybe Joe could have, I don't know, locked on the old Landstorm single Boston Crab and, you know, and the, and the, and then the 
instead of Warlow tapping or passing out, maybe the doctor throws in the towel, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and saves him a bit. And then instead of getting choked out and passing out and then getting his haircut and then the man bun got chopped off. Okay, at first you're like, Oh my God, he got choked out. And then he cuts his hair. You think, okay, this is going to, this is going to continue. Right. But who makes a save Darby Allen. So, are we are we moving past Warlow now, or is it, and then last time we saw Darby Allen was Joe. They had a fun match. Yep, we both liked it. Yep, we also saw Darby get his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Like, do we want to see that? You know, again, I don't know, dude. I love Darby, but damn, like, I I felt like there should be other. You know, you could have done something different with him. You know, this is also this is, this is a little thing, but Darby, the baby face, he didn't jump on his skateboard and race down the ramp like the the you know and then then just speed into the ring and and catch Smojo off guard. No, he hit this dude in the back with the skateboard. Yeah. And there's no I mean as as Joe's doing all this stuff in the post match, no security, no no doctors to check on Wardlow, you know, cuz he they they didn't want him to go out there in the first place. Where they where they went after the match, right? Like I think they were just they, sad. They were just sad that just, he lost. Like that's why this match should have been shorter, just like the Sting Rude match, right? Which only four minutes long. What pay per view was that, by the way? That's Clash. No, it's Clash. Um, Clash Champions. When Rick Steamboat comes back and wins the tag team title with Dustin Rhodes, with enforcing that really good match. Um, I forget what Clash number it is, but it's November of nineteen ninety one. For people who want to look that up on um, that, on, that was setting up Super Bowl, setting up Super Bowl, yeah. So and I actually lost a let into uh, this battle bull, you know. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, actually one of my. It's a really good clash, honestly. Luger and Steiner are in the main event, um, of that one. But the the, the biggest match, the best matches were Sting Rude and of course that great enforcers, Larry Zbyszko versus Dustin Rhodes and and Rick Steamboat, um. But like, like I guess, I don't know. I just thought this was really poorly executed. All, all in all, Warlow, if he's already been nice cold, he's colder now than ever before. Uh, yeah, what's up with Warlow? Is he is his contract up and he's moving on or what? I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I hope that they cut his hair for a reason. Like, is he, is he like doing a movie where he did cut his hair or something? Hmm. Because the man bun was kind of his thing, not not that, you know, not that you can't be Wardlow without the man bun, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe this maybe it's gonna be a little more uh, angry and like you know how you always say like his promos or he's just like he's a looks GQ Wardlow out there. Yeah, like yeah. we want to see like Goldberg esque. He was about he was doing the GQ thing when Samojo hit him with the with yeah the pipe. he had that big old jacket, <laughs> a big old coat, you know. <laughs> And he's yeah, so uh, I you know I didn't yeah not I was not a fan of this. I'm sitting there like wow, they beat him like that, they cut his hair. You think it's gonna lead to something, and then here comes Darby. But like I said, it should have been shorter. Excuse me, four minutes ish, where you have a doctor at ringside, officials at ringside, maybe Jerry Lynn or something like that, concerned. For his well-being, even though he's going through with this match, and then, and then you have, you know, like I said, like you can have Joe lock on the Boston Crab, and, and it's 
it's the you know it's not like Samojo that's our warlord quit or passed out from the pain. It's that it's just you know the AW official threw in the towel for him, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to protect him, not you know for further injury and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, just really disappointing. Poor warlord, it was like the hottest thing in 2022 for AW for a very long time, and then. How to cool a guy off in seven steps. Well, you just can't follow up his big win over MGF with feuding with security guards and Mark Sterling. You just can't go that. You just can't do that. You had to give him someone that people really want to see, you know. Maybe you could have had Archer ready for at least, you know, at that point, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. Or someone like that. That could have been. Archer Ar- Archer said, you know, he, he, he's kind of tired of what he's been doing, so. I mean, I know, I know, I get it, but Archer, what else are they going to do with you this time? You, you've already been, you've already, you've lost all their big matches they've given you, other than that one match with Moxley, and you just, it wasn't even a pinfall. You just won like some kind of tables match. It's like, dude, I don't know what you can do with this guy at this point to re, to re, uh, focus him and re, right? I mean, it's been three years, dude. I mean, probably time to like, may just be in New Japan or something like that. Or, yep. Yep. All right. Uh, we're done a little early today, but um, we will be back. John and I will be back. Uh, mm-hmm. Not next Wednesday night, because we are, because of the Tokyo Dome and because I'm going to be out uh, Wednesday night at a Warriors game, we're just going to postpone the show one day. So we'll be back Thursday, but I'm going to have Stephen Conway and Jeremy Finestone, who do the Speaking of Strong Style podcast on the Fight Game Media YouTube they're going to jump on for half an hour with me to talk about Russell Kingdom and the results and, and where things may be going uh, with Russell Kingdom. And then John and I will also review the Seattle Dynamite. But that is not it for the Fight Game Podcast this week, because like I said at the top of this show, Ryan Drosty, Ben Cruz, Jeremy Lose, they're going to join me tomorrow night live streaming on the F4W YouTube channel. 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, and then the audio will follow in our in our feeds if you are just listening to audio. But if you can check in and, and hang out with us, definitely do so. I, I love to see all the folks who kind of listen in to the shows, and like I said, we'll make it interactive. So, all right, lots of stuff going on. We got a busy week next week, which should mean for a fun show with John and I. Uh, But for John, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.